Take four. All right. <laughs> back at it again. Hello, Dr. Manning's class. We got our social identity podcast. Cassie, do some introductions. All right. Hi, guys. I'm Cassie. I'm here to talk with Lena and Jake about how social identity theory and political interpersonal reactions coincide with one another. Hey, this is Lena. I'm so glad to be here. And today I'm going to explain what exactly is social identity. Social identity is how an individual identifies themselves with an in-group. Those groups can be nationality, religion, or political affiliation. And we, as a United Citizens and people from different countries, explain and experience political interaction almost every day. What do you think about it, Jake? Uh, I mean, in the United States, you have in-groups everywhere, all over the place, politically, religiously, uh, work all college students, that can be an in-group, your family's an in-group, really the possibilities for an in-group and out-group are endless, and you see the way they interact on a daily basis, whether that's on TV, on the radio, Uh, you can even see it, you know, just on college campuses, you have Greek life your sororities and fraternities, and the way they interact. It's different for, obviously, all facets facets of society, but, you know, the best examples and what we'll be focusing on is mostly political and religious, and I think that's where the biggest impact has had on the world and their interactions. Thoughts? Yeah, so, like, For an example, in the United States, we have two major party identifications, which is, like, Republican and Democrat. So this, like, inevitably places people within the groups, whether they, like, want to admit it or not. So. And those those groups can be, you know, either they can come to agree on things, and then we see this, especially now, it's very divided, very, very split. And sometimes it leads to, you know, closed-minded thinking and, you know, shouting, you know, at your Thanksgiving table, <laughs> you know, across, yes. across the turkey, you know, screaming over politics. And it just goes to show how deep-rooted people's beliefs are and how interesting it is just to see how they interact over something that, even though they're still American citizens, they still have that divisiveness as we're Republican or we're Democrat or we're you know, Christian, and they're Muslim or Jewish, and just even though you have commonalities, people still find a way to make it divisive. It's also between nations, too. Mm -hmm. Like United States versus Australia, perhaps. Yeah, and you're going to find cultural differences all over the place. And, you know, recently I was in Canada and, Mm -hmm. you know, speak the same language. We have pretty much the same culture for the most part, but they feel so differently on a lot of social issues that Americans, you know, Mm -hmm. don't prioritize and other things like that. You can really find, honestly, shocking differences Mm -hmm. and deep-rooted beliefs just over something as simple as, you know, your nationality. Mm -hmm. Right. So, in this podcast, we will dig deeper into this concept with researching or showing our research on how social identity theory has influenced people or nations, as we said earlier, their political interpersonal reactions, or how being in a certain group impacts political social contact between other people.
All right. In doing this research, I came across a survey that involved about 302 randomly selected people from a county in Ohio to complete what they called was a social identity scale. This scale answered the question, does being involved with a group influence a person's political partisanship? And the outcome of that scale was yes, it does, as stated by Green in 2004. People form their party identification based on a few different factors. The home they grew up in, their church, their school, and their workplace, which means that people classify themselves, in the United States specifically, as being Republican or Democrat at a very early age, says Huddy of 2009. What does that do to people's sense of individualism or independence? Well, people that are involved in politics from this standpoint rarely have the opportunity to show their individualism because they are grouped together as being members of a particular organization or group or party, and their voices are combined with the entire group. And you see this today, especially with Republicans. You know, people assume that if you vote Republican, you love everything Donald Trump says, that you're, you know, xenophobic, Islamophobic, and those things aren't, they're not true for the majority of people who vote Republican. People vote Republican for a number of different reasons, and people have different different opinions than even the president they vote for. How does this differ in politics in China? Oh, I think it's kind of different, because in China, we also have a Republican, but we don't have um, democracy at all. In the U.S., you have, like, freedom to speak, you can express your own opinion, but, like, in China, you, you can only, like, follow the um, the rules and the law for, like, a Republican. If you say, like, something bad to the president, you will be, I don't know, maybe murdered. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, definitely put into jail. Right. And disagreement, too, as far as politics go, is sometimes, you know, you're so far apart from what somebody else believes that they won't even engage in conversation. You know, you'll see that in, you know, politicians will only go on, news outlets that they, they're comfortable with. So liberals will go to M- MSNBC, and the Republicans, the right, will always go to Fox News, and that's what's safe to them because they want to agree with the pundits that are talking to them, and they won't get cross-examined from other sides, from people who they don't necessarily agree with or have a sim- similar upbringing or similar similar background or income. I think all those things tie into, you know, what you feel comfortable with as far as your social identity. Yep. Mm-hmm. So my research from Samuel and Lassisi in 2019 was regarding Boko Haram, which is a Nigerian Islamic terror group that was founded in 2002 and have been terrorizing the country ever since. Uh, they're based out of northern Nigeria, where In northern Nigeria, it's mostly Muslim. In southern Nigeria, it's predominantly Christian. And this causes real problems for the people in Nigeria as they identify with their religion as opposed to their nationality, making it, you know, extremely difficult for there to be middle ground to agree on things politically. Mm -hmm. But how does it relate to social identity theory? The groups, they identify in that group and they demonize the other groups and other Islamic groups have used these tactics such as ISIS, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and really who they're acting out against is 
not only people in their own country that don't participate in Sunni Islam, but Christians and even Jews that enter the country are all seen as outsiders or threats to Sunni Islam. So the creation of Boko Haram, what like, so like, it's like the terrorist group, right? Like what other like terrorist groups would be similar to Boko Haram, would you say? Uh, you could even say, like, in this country, something like the the KKK is oh, just a hate-filled group that sees, you know, you know, people of other race as, you know, a threat to their culture. And, and their social identity. Right. Mm-hmm. And they act violently against those people and that they use their social identity as an excuse to, you know, create and incite violence when it's not justified. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, last but not least, technology, political interaction, and social identity theory. For this part, I think different people have different views. For someone belongs to one group, social identity theory suggests that the intergroup differentiation forms within two categories, the in-group and the out-groups. One was in the in-group, they tend to be biased toward that group. One will use exaggeration to amplify the best traits of the group because they belong to that particular group. And one is to be being com- compared to the group outer groups. They will be exaggerate the worst characteristics to make their own group seems to be superior of the two, which is according to Green 2004. Right. This also relates to Boko Haram, since like the country is like split between the northern Muslim part and like the southern Christian part, because the in group is like the northern where like the Muslims like Boko Haram kind of like do their thing. And then the Christians are like the outgroup. So that's how I would say that might relate to one another. And you can see this in the United States as well in political partisanship. You know, you'll have the, you know, Republicans have the, you know, their don't tread on me, you know, their, I guess, lingo and stuff like that. And the left will counteract that with other things. And you can even go back into history, you know, when the Nazis came into power, how they justified the Holocaust was because they were superior and they saw themselves as above people of their the outgroups. And their in-group was, you know, better for the longevity of mankind, and that's what they believed. Even though it wasn't true, they exaggerated these things to make their in-group seem greater than everyone else and to put themselves on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that. Also, I think social identity theory influenced the political interpersonal interaction by identifying how individuals react to people who are not in their own groups. And I feel like it, it, this is one of the negative connoti- connotations. And this poses a threat on society and challenges the social identity theory together. Social identity theory has a direct impact on political interpersonal reactions, but why? Because informal, local, organizational identities of every individual person plays a huge role in deciding which political identity one has. And this paper is a great addition to the field and expansion of the current knowledge since it discussed this topic based on the current world. And looking at everything we've been over, you can see how impactful 
a social identity is to a society. It can be either really, really positive or really, really negative. And I think this paper shows a little bit of both sides of the positive and negative effects of social identity. Yep, there's more arguing, more fighting, and more solid solidarity between everyone around the world because of this. I think so. All right. So, with that, that's it. Thank you, Dr. Manning. I love you. Thank love you, you so much. Love you. Bye. Come to China. <laughs>